Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 66 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma, and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. This is Bring On Bama Week Part 2. Um, we're where the nation will be trying to find the uh, referee calls that ultimately screw the Longhorns out of yet another near grass victory against the University of Alabama. Kevin, is this the week you've been waiting for all year? It is, man. I'm excited about it. After what happened last year, we've kind of been ready to get back after these guys again. I think after what happened last week, the performance that Texas put out, at least offensively, it's a lot of doubts, right? And it was always going to be doubts, but the doubts are a little bit higher now. So I'm curious to see how the team regroups and what kind of performance they show on the road in a hostile environment in Tuscaloosa. The doubts are funny coming from your fan base. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we share the Twitter page. So if you're out there listening and you ever read a tweet from the Boom Reviewable Pod page, it can be a very um, bipolar Twitter account, right? Because we share it. So sometimes I'll write stuff. Sometimes you'll write stuff. We'll share things we like. We'll like things, you know, it, and you'll be like, how can this dude like Oklahoma stuff? And so whatever, it doesn't matter. We do it just to kind of be weird and funny. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Got a lot of reaction on Twitter and we appreciate it. However, it gives Oklahoma fan and vice versa, Texas fan, an insight into your Twitter feeds, right? Which is kind of a pulse of your, of your, um, kind of the pulse of where your fan base is, you know, week to week. Following the game, much like your breakdown of Quinn Ewers' performance and really the offense in, in general, specifically Quinn and the offensive line, the fan base was down, dude. Yeah. Like they were down. Yeah. They weren't feeling good. And and that was a lot of people. Now, there were some people like, don't jump off a cliff. Oh, we were just vanilla. But for the most part, it was like, this was not good, you know. Then the week slowly start. Have you noticed this? It's slow. Oh, yeah. You know how it is, man. And they're like, well, and then you got scat, stat geeks on there, right? Well, actually, if you look at Quinn on RPOs, he had the best quarterback rating in the country on RPO plays. So yeah. I would say it's not so bad. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God. Like, well, yeah. you know how it is, man. It's the emotions of it, right? Yeah. The emotions of it. Dylan Gabriel, you know, in, in plays just in the second quarter that were just thrown for touchdowns, he had a pass rating of like a 1,000, right? I mean, it's just – but anyway, I digress. The point is your fan base is – it's Wednesday evening. They are becoming incredibly convinced that they have a legitimate chance of beating Texas, or beating Alabama. That's what I'm seeing. On Sunday, no chance. Yeah. On Wednesday, a legitimate chance hey, man. you go down to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. That's called being a fan. You know what it is. You know, it's the highs and lows. You freak out after a bad performance. And look, again, we talked about this, but my biggest concern actually was not Quinn. It was the offensive line. I was way well, but what more... Is cha- what's changed in four days for you to feel no. better about this? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. It was just one game. Just one game. Um, we're going to break this game down the Oklahoma SMU game down, but but specifically the, the Bama-Texas game, because it is the game of the week. We're going to break that down considerably more uh, as the episode progresses. So hold your thoughts there. Um, Kevin, before we start talking about our picks, though, for this week, 
there's a pretty um, a pretty groundbreaking story happening on the West Coast at the University of Southern California. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. Um, Caleb Williams, quarterback, Southern good. California. Pretty good. Uh, formerly a second-string quarterback at Oklahoma two years ago. For a few weeks. Um, he now thinks he might come back to college for another year because him and his father think that football, the NFL football draft is patently unfair and will set his son up for failure and he'll never be able to accomplish the goals that he wants to accomplish as a football player. And you know what? I feel for him, dude. I, I think that not enough has been handed to him on a silver platter as an athlete, you know? And I think, why not? Why don't we reverse the draft? Maybe instead of having the worst teams pick the best players and creating the greatest league in the world with the ultimate amount of parity that's ever been achieved in professional sports, let's throw that model out, Kevin. I think that model, much like the Williams, I think it's unfair. So I think we we, we break the model up, okay, and we rank the players, you know, whatever. We use Mel Kuyper's draft grades or Todd McShane's or some – you know, some combo of it or whatever. And we just let, instead of letting the teams pick the players, we just let uh, Caleb Williams say where he wants to go play. What do you think? You know, Caleb Williams can sit back and go, well, you know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have Mahomes. I don't really want to compete too bad, but this team has some defense. And, you know, I look at the Cowboys and Dak isn't what they think he is. His contract's inspiring. I pick the Cowboys. Now, as a Cowboys fan, fan, you might be saying, yes, let's do that. Yes, please, please. uh, no, it's a real deal. We'll just rank it all the way down, and he gets to pick whatever team he wants to go to. Does this well, seem let like me, the, the wave of the future for you? I don't know if it's the wave of the future, but let me argue. Okay, don't. don't What's worse? Don't. No, you're hear me always out. Hear sticking me out. up. You're always sticking up for these athletes. You're always sticking up for these athletes that have been pampered and baby. And dude, we're in the NIL world now. That dude's making ten million dollars. He's okay. on a Dr. Pepper commercial. I do not care about his feelings. The NFL is bigger than any one kid out there. Joe Burrow went and played for the freaking Bengals, and all he did was take him to the conference championship three years in a row. Baker Mayfield went to the Browns, bro. The freaking Cleveland Browns. The terrible Cleveland Browns. And what a playoff game on the road. I'm saying it can be done. If Caleb okay. Williams is as good as he says he is, just get drafted, dude. Go play for whoever – I don't even know who the team is right now. Tennessee, get drafted and go play it's, football. It's going to be the – it's going to be the Arizona card. Okay, but here's the okay. thing. I don't well, think he's doing anything Kyler wrong. Was there and he was fine. He was fine with them. That organization sucks, but this is not even the, my point here. Hold on, hear me out. Let me talk for once. Oh, okay, oh, I don't know if I've even said a word the whole thing. All right? <sighs> here's what – why I don't think he's doing anything wrong. He's not manipulating the draft. Eli Manning manipulated the draft. He said, I don't want to play for the Chargers. So, draft me, but I ain't going. What Caleb Williams is doing is if the Cardinals have the number one pick, I may stay in school. He's not manipulating the draft. He's just staying in school. It's com- it's completely different. Uh, He's he, Eli Manning forced the Chargers to trade him, and he said, I want to play for the Giants. John Elway did the same thing. If the Colts pick me, I'm going to go play baseball. Well, first of all, I think he can do whatever he wants to do. Like, I am dead serious. If he wants to play that card, go for it. 
but the whole the draft's unfair and the draft does this and the draft. Stop whining. Just do what you're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, don't, yeah. The draft don't is create, it's right. Don't create a victim mentality to try to make us feel bad for you. I don't feel bad for you. That's I yeah, guess is my whole that. point. No, no, I understand that. But he's not manipulating. Eli manipulated the draft. He's just no, saying, no. okay, well, the Cardinals. And again, I don't know if it's a bad team he's worried about. It's a bad organization. It's, it's a difference. So you can be on a good organization and be on a on a bad team. So your argument is such that it's based on one team, the Arizona Cardinals. They call it Colt McCoy. They're clearly tanking. If Kyler Murray gets cleared, he might not even play. That's what you're yeah. saying. Or if it's another bad organization. There's some bad organizations out there. Yeah, one of them was the Cleveland Browns, and but Baker Mayfield got into the playoffs. What is up with him? Why is he on his fourth team? In a year? Um, well, it's fourth team in a year. Are you so you're saying Cleveland, Carolina, uh the Rams, the Rams. and now Tampa. Well, he I, he was never going to stay with the Rams. That was a last minute pickup. Yeah. And it ended up working out well. He got a win out of the deal, reminded people that he could still play. As far as Carolina, dude, Carolina sucks. Like, I mean, there's a reason why they were able to draft Bryce Young. Uh, Matt Rule had just been fired earlier in the year. Um, I, you know, they're just they just weren't very good. I think he's going to get a chance to start, but I've been very honest about Baker. On this he team. won the job. He, he, he won, won the, the job. job. He's been he's been named the starter. But I, I mean, if I'm a Buccaneers fan and not a Baker fan, I'm not like doing cartwheels if Baker Mayfield's my quarterback. I'm just not. He's he's yeah. going to give you some. He's going to give you some really great plays and some great memories. And then he's going to get sacked or throw 14 tips. Like he loves to throw a tipped ball on like nobody's business, you know. Yeah. Um, the bigger issue is why they got rid of him at, at the Browns. Like that is, to me, that is bigger. That's a bigger issue and a bigger story than he's played for four teams in a year is that the Browns had a winning quarterback who gave them winning records and actually won games for them that was beloved by the city that was getting positive commercial advertisement. I mean, when is the last time the Cleveland quarterback, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns was getting nationwide contracts just, you know, on the TV for insurance and state farm and all that crap. Never, never, never. And so it's like, man, you're getting it. Listen, they want to compare him to Manziel. He was never Manziel. No, was not no, part that, that's not fair. No, None of that was true. I mean, does he have a little attitude? Okay, what quarterback doesn't like stop with the attitude? Yeah. My point is, is he was a really good representative for the, the town. He was bought into the town, and they were winning. Yeah. So, so why? Um. Uh, well, just, you know, you talk I'm about, curious. It's a good question. You talk about poorly run teams. Cleveland Browns a poorly run team. They yeah. always think they can. They think they can do better than they're doing. And they never do better than they should be doing. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun's not going to be any better. Deshaun's not going to make the playoffs in that division. Man, he was bad last year. <laughs> he was so bad. He was bad last year. And, I mean, look at that division, dude. You got the Bengals and um, the Ravens. Uh, the and Ravens. The and the Steelers. He's, dude, they'll be like. So, I, I hear you loud and clear. I, I don't know. Caleb Wynn, you know, you know, obviously he rubs me the wrong way. But it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like. If you if you go, I don't want to be. If he said, I don't want to be drafted by Arizona, I'm staying another year. Hey, yeah. he's getting nil money. Go go have a chance to win a third Heisman in a row. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> that, that that doesn't 
that's not the end of the world, but to start talking, to create a narrative that places him as the victim is just, yeah. no, I don't like that yeah. crap. Dude. It's yeah. Weird. You know, it's, it's I, weird. Think it's a gener- I think it's a generational thing with this generation. Um, the only issue I've ever had with him is the stupidest thing he put on his fingernails during the Pac-12 championship game. That was stupid. Yeah. I was stupid. My bro, you're too, you're too good to be doing things like that. Well, you're too good Hopefully to he... and, not back, and not back it up. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. If you can do that, man, you better ball out. Although he was doing all right, right before he got hurt. Uh, he'll win a Heisman again. Um, all right. Uh, Kevin, as of last week, you are three and two. I am four and one. I miss, we both missed on LSU, Florida State. Florida State waxed them. And so we both missed on there. that. And then you missed on Texas covering. So that's why you're at three and two. So we enter it and it's a new week, new picks. Of course, we'll pick Oklahoma and we'll pick Texas and we got to pick three more games. Um, games between ranked opponents outside of Alabama, Texas is not a great week. Uh, you do have Ole Miss at Tulane. Uh, that running back, Judkins, I love him at Ole Miss. Um, and then Jackson Darts, the quarterback, uh, transfer from USC that for a minute was considering OU. Tulane is a minus 7.5 point favorite at home. Or I should say, a, I'm sorry, they are a 7.5 point dog at home. A 7.5 point dog at home. Um, Illinois is at Kansas. Kansas is a three-point favorite play, playing the Illini. Well, as far as Illinois goes, I think Brett Bielema's done a really good job there. They sent a lot of players to the NFL last year. So he's really gotten there, and his staff has been developing guys. So they're a good team. But, man, facing that offense on the road, it's going to be a tough test with the Illini. Now, who did Kansas play last week? And if you don't know, that's okay. But I, I they, they won, though, yeah. right? They yeah. won. Mm-hmm. But this will be a step up for them in competition, and it's just it's just a different world when you start seeing Kansas ranked against Power 5 opponents, even if it is Illinois. Um, probably the second game of the week, I think it's the most talked about game of the week, Nebraska-Colorado. This line has moved in a week from Nebraska being a seven-point favorite to Colorado being a three-point favorite. Wow. We, we have to pick this game, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right. I'm putting a star by this game. Um, is Dion possibly getting out ahead of his skids a little bit, or is this part of his charm is to talk this much in these type of situations? You know, I, I'm curious to see how that goes, right? Um, I don't know if it's how good they are. It was a great victory. I mean, that was a fun game to watch, and he shut up a lot of people. But now the target's going to be even bigger on him and his program. Right, I'm. I'm just curious to see how long they can sustain it. It looked legit though. That offense, that quarterback, it looks like it's something that can be maintained. Well, the quarterback, uh, Travis Hunter, the whole deal. They're they're good. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. You know what else sucks about this game though, or what sucks about this game for Colorado's perspective? 10 a.m. kickoff local time. What is yeah. this like a JV game? Like what's happening? Yeah. I don't even know. Freshman Man, level. TV makes the decisions, man. That's just what it is, yeah. right? We get those uh, 11 a.m. kickoffs. I know. It's, it's not CU's fault. It's not OU's fault or Texas' fault. We have to play all these 11 o'clock games. It's the networks because it's all about money, man. I know. I get it. And, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, I don't really care when Colorado plays their football game. But just as, a, like, 
can't they think like 10 feet in front of them and say, you know what? Maybe we put this at the 230 kit. You know, they're going to have a West Coast game at some point if they haven't already. That is going to be at 9 a.m. If it hasn't happened already, look, if it's a USC game and Fox has the, the, the rights to it, I can see them doing it. Wow. You think they would do that to SC in Colorado? Yeah, if it's a USC game, if they play in like Oregon or something like that, they have the rights to it. And remember, their biggest game is going to be at 11 a.m., no matter who it is. Um, Colorado's schedule gets significantly more difficult, not next week, but the week after. They start to get into USC, Utah, Oregon. I think they even have Washington on the schedule, Utah. Like it's, this is, yeah. they do not have a joke of a schedule in the Pac 12. So, it's going to be a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet, man, for anybody. You called it earlier. You said it was going to be a, a beat, uh, you know, that there were going to be a team come from the Pac-12. I, I'm Unless they beat each other up, I'm tending to believe you. Notre Dame at NC State. Uh, NC State's a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Utah at Baylor. Baylor uh, is getting seven-and-a-half at home. I don't see a scenario where Baylor can keep from getting beat by 30. I mean – Man. This to me, this to me, I don't necessarily want to pick this game because I don't know that it's that interesting. But like, if, as a bet, if I'm betting, holy crap, how are you not lo- unloading on Utah? Yeah, you know, we all know what Utah's about, right? They bring it physically. Typically, Baylor does too. I don't know what the heck happened against Texas State. I literally have no idea. I know they got a new coach, GJ Kenny, former Texas quarterback. I don't know if they just didn't know what kind of offense they were going to run, but to give up was it 42 points? At home, the Texas State. Yeah. And now you got Utah coming in. I don't know if Cam Rising is ready to go yet. That's okay. If he is, it's even it's even worse for Baylor if he's playing. Oh, yeah. They can just roll out the backup quarterback that runs like a 10 to 100 meter dash or whatever the guy runs. Oh, Did yeah. you see that? Oh, yeah. He's an impressive athlete, fast. man. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, anyway, I don't know if we'll pick that. You know, hold on to that. Uh, Texas AM. That is our favorite team on the Boomer Bebo podcast. If there's ever a team that Oklahoma and Texas can get behind uh, as thinking is the stupidest team in all of college football, it is the Texas A&M Aggies. We're both there. Might be our only common ground. Texas A&M at Miami. Miami is the three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. No, I I see that. I see I. you see I that like that. you're picking AM? See that or? Um, yeah, I think so, man. I I just don't trust. I don't trust AM either. Right. I think I trust them. I think I trust them a little bit more than Miami. I trust their talent. Ooh, Kevin is on the AM bandwagon. Yeah. Him and yeah. Bobby Petrino are riding the bike together through yeah, the Hill Country. Again, I love the, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember the press conference? He's got the neck brace on, face off, road rash. What are you doing, man? Just go ahead and resign at that was point. Was it a volleyball player or a volleyball coach? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think it was the – no, I think it was somebody on his staff. I think it was an admin on his no, actual staff. No, I think was she it? was on the volleyball staff. Either oh way, it was gosh, a disaster. It doesn't matter. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. Well, hey, I'm going to put a star by that one because there's a good chance we picked that game. Um, Iowa at Iowa State, uh, that, that – um, what did I got here? Three and a half – that is a three-and-a-half-point spread. Who's um, favored? Iowa. Iowa's favored. I still think you got some quarterback issues going on there. Um, I don't know what this does to the line, but former President Donald J. Trump 
will be in attendance at the Iowa Iowa State game. So interesting. Please enter your political comments now at the bottom of the YouTube screen. Please don't. I don't really care. Yeah. It's funny. I w- I have tried some like Trump jokes out, like on different people, like different uh-huh. jokes I could say, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, but, but basically on my brothers, like I've called them. And I'm like, Hey, this is my Trump joke. What do you, what do you think about it? You know, they're like, well, it's funny, but you're going to offend somebody. We're not yeah. sure who you're going to offend though. Right. Yeah. Like even as you tell it, it's, it's like, well, which group does get offended by that? So yeah, I'm, going exactly. to, I'm going to avoid any ankle bracelet jokes, right? Any indictments, uh, any court orders, um, any kind of plea bargains or um, anything like that. I'm going to, I'm avoiding all of that. I'm not going to bring it up. Good idea. Good idea. Uh, Oregon at Texas Tech, Texas Tech, six and a half dog. This is another one. This is just like what we saw with Utah. How are we not unloading on Oregon, dude? They scored yeah. like 81 last. Oklahoma fan was all feeling cocky at 73. Oregon put up 81 on somebody. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because, you know, I thought Tech would be a, a contender for the Big 12 conference. And maybe they still will, right? All that's still in front of them despite a very surprising loss on the road against Wyoming. So we'll see what kind of effort they bring on Saturday. Can I put a star by it as a maybe? You can. Yeah. Okay. It's a maybe. All right. Let's see. Uh, lastly, on scores with a line, Oklahoma State is at ASU. Oklahoma State's a three-point favorite. I haven't heard. I'm guessing they're starting, starting Gunnar Gundy. I haven't heard. I haven't, I haven't heard. heard. I know it you said you were telling me how they played multiple with three. They played three guys. They played three guys. They couldn't get going. And he, he did score him two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, so maybe he earned it. We'll see. Um and then lastly, I got to get a shout out here to we've had Joe Young on the on the uh, podcast before. And of course, my wife, Alice, graduated from Southern Utah University. They lost by three to Arizona State last week. They go up to Provo to play the newest Big 12 member BYU. But I cannot get a line on this game. And I know we talked about it offline, but it's just so weird. I don't know why they're not putting a line up here. I think it could be really close. They played SUU played ASU really tight. BYU struggled against Sam Houston. I think you could have a really tight line. I'm just kind of curious. I don't know the dynamics of setting lines, but I've looked everywhere, not just on draft games. You can't find one. I can't find one. So if we have to pick that one, we're going to pick it straight up. Uh, The three I starred for us to pick was Nebraska, A&M, and Oregon. That works. Let's do it. All right, Nebraska at Colorado, minus three. Who do you got? Uh, Colorado. Winning cover. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's. I really think these are too easy. Maybe not the A and M one. You got me. You got me questioning the A and M one. That's gonna. I'm gonna come back to that one. Oregon at Texas Tech, six and a half. Uh, six giving six and a half to Tech. Um, I'm gonna go Tech to at least cover. You are okay. So what you are saying is the embarrassment and the national humiliation and getting kicked um, in the footballs for the past week is going to cause Texas Tech, the mighty program that they are, to rise up and avenge their uh, loss, their embarrassing loss to Wyoming, and cover a six and a half point spread against a team that scored eighty one last week. 
That's what you're Perfect. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yep. We might not need to do these this late, Kevin. I don't know what you what you do if, you, <laughs> if you're indulging or whatever the case may be. But you are. This is this is this. No way, dude. Oregon, Oregon beats them. They beat them down. Oregon, Oregon could be a playoff team. Um, and then this last one, uh, the Fighting Petrinos at uh, the U. And I'm favored by three and a half. You want me to pick this one first? Or you want to pick it first? No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I don't like either one of these teams. All right. Oklahoma fans can't like Miami fans. Everything they did to them, even way back to the 80s, um, they're just, they're obnoxious. However, I do not trust AM. I, I just don't. I don't believe that they can put everything together. I saw some stats that showed their quarterback actually had a really good game last week. Fine. I don't want to like deny stats, but this is on the road. Um, Miami can have a good crowd when they have a good team there. And I think they'll probably have a good crowd. Miami's got Cristobal. He's been coaching them up, recruiting really well. I'm going with Miami to cover. I got AM. I think they got better players. Oh, oh my God. So you have AM cover. I, I do like what Cristobal is doing. I like the roster that he's building. I like I love the way he's recruiting. I just don't think they're ready yet. Again, I don't trust AM either, but man, they've got so many good players. I like their defensive line. All those five stars that they've been stacking for the last few years, they're finally starting to mature, and I think they have a big impact. They shut the Miami offense down. They scored just enough points to win, but they win and cover. Can we agree that we would not pick that AM Miami game if we ha- if we were professional gamblers and we were putting money on it? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. We'd stay far step. away from that game, right? Yeah, okay. step, yeah. God. Bless. All right. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Brown O'Haver, public insurance adjusters for the insured, not the insurance company. Um, if you've had a loss to your home or your business and you're having trouble with your insurance company, give us a call. 405-735-5510. Licensed by the state of Oklahoma and in many states nationwide. Um, we can help in the adjusting of insurance claims for you to get you paid more money to get you paid more money more quickly. So anything that you've been struggling with or, or uh, having to deal with with the insurance company or whatever the case may be, even if you just have questions, give us a call, 405-735-5510. Kevin, let's start with SMU. Um, I'm not necessarily going to fly through it, but I want to spend the bulk of our time with what's left talking Bama, Texas. So I want to just kind of get through this real quick. Um or as quick as I get through stuff, but SMU football um, had the, they received the death. So just a real quick history lesson. SMU football was a pretty good football team in the eighties. In fact, they were really, really good. Their nickname was the pony express. They had Eric Dickerson who would go on to be a great running back in the league. They had Craig James who would go on to be an incredible jerk. Um, But regardless, they were a really, really good football team. Part of the reason they were so good is they were getting outright um, outright paid to play by boosters at SMU. SMU, um, for those that don't know geographically, is right in the middle of Dallas. And that is that is a rich people's school. It is a rich people's school. And you're yeah. talking University Park, man. It's oh, really nice. You're talking campus. You're talking like the the 
you know, the President Bushes lived there, Jordan Spieth of the world lived there, and dudes that make more money than both of those guys, like lots of oil money, lots of Texas oil money, tech money, whatever the case may be. That it, it is, it is a rich environment. So yeah, old money, have, a lot of old money. So you can imagine in the '80s when it was the wild, wild west, some of the money that was flowing into the coffers. Well, anyway, the NCAA found out, and they shut them down with one of the very few, if not the only one in college football ever, death penalty, where they suspended the program for two seasons, Kevin? Mm -hmm. Two seasons. Can you imagine if you're out there for a minute just thinking about this? They suspended a college football team for two seasons and didn't let them allow them to play any games. Um, it basically put SMU into a spiral that they never really uh, were able to get out of when the Southwestern Conference folded. They weren't able to get on into a big conference. They had to go to a smaller conference. They've really been floundering ever since. They've kind of been on the upswing, though, um, in the last, I don't know, what, Kevin, 10 years as a team? I would say so, yeah. You know, maybe a little further back, where they're starting to be competitive, right, where they can compete. You know, they're not winning with the big boys, but they're being competitive. Um, I think them seeing their crosstown rival TCU go to a college football playoff has motivated them to take an extreme leap of faith and join the ACC conference. They will join the ACC conference next year where they will forego any television revenue for a period of up to nine years. Which I cannot believe they accepted that. Well, their rationale for accepting that is we don't have it now and we have plenty of money in our collective and plenty of money to pay our coaches and we're in Dallas, Texas. We're ready to compete. Now, I think they've got some incentive money in there if they make bowl games, incentive money in there if they get to a, a, you know, a, a conference championship game or even, I mean, crazy enough. Well, I mean, in a 12-team playoff, maybe not crazy, but a college football playoff appearance. So but basically they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're saying we're going to try to compete. And I really think the impetus is that is just what you've seen with at TCU across town. All that to be said – it's, it's going to be fascinating over the next couple, three years to see where this program comes from. Now, we played Arkansas State last week. We beat the living crap out of them. This is not Arkansas State. SMU is a very good team. These dudes are loaded um, with transfers from across the country. Uh, their quarterback is Preston Stone out of Dallas Episcopal High School. Uh, or Pro- very, High School. very talented player. This is a kid who had offers from a lot of schools around the country. Uh, Could have gone to a lot of places. Kevin, is there more of a name that's appropriate for the quarterback at SMU than Preston? I don't think so. No, Preston I don't think Stone so. Is a, it's a perfect it SMU a name. Perfect name. The guy probably plays golf at Preston Wood and just really lives the, really lives the Dallas life up. But anyway, they're running back. Uh, he transferred, and I don't know where he transferred from. But what's the uh, name he got? Uh, L.J. Johnson Jr. Texas A&M. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad you uh-huh. said that. Thank you. Yeah, so he transferred in. He rushed for 128 yards on 14 carries last week. Kamar Wheaton, who we've talked about before, uh, Kevin, re- real quick, Kamar Wheaton, uh, flipped from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. flipped from Oklahoma to Alabama. Uh, went there. Didn't work out for whatever reason, and now he's back at SMU. I don't know what the deal has been with him, why he couldn't get on the field at Alabama. He was an elite talent. I mean, obviously, he's a five-star kid. 
So well, does it, he have it? I don't know. I'm curious to see. It, it, a lot of it has to be uh, behavior because he's already been suspended and, and didn't play last week. So okay. he's supposed to be allowed to play this week. We'll see. Um, uh, they have a balanced receiving core led by Jordan Hudson, a transfer from TCU. Very talented is, kid. And then a tight end uh, to the old school uh, NFL fans will, will know this name, RJ Maryland out of South Lake Carroll son of NFL player Russell Maryland. So they've got some dudes. Defensively, it's just a lot of transfers. And I don't know um, – I, I, I tried to pick one or two players, but they beat their other team so bad. They, there weren't a lot of stats that lined up for me to be like, this guy's the guy or this guy's the guy. So I, I don't even want to pretend to throw somebody out and then he's on the bench. Um, and, you know, say what you want about that sort of scouting game, but that's the way I did it. So I think that they're going to be – I don't think they can hang with Oklahoma's offense. I, I no. Regardless of that, I think if Oklahoma can perform like they did against um, Arkansas State, however, I do think they can give our off our defense fits. Yeah, I don't think that um, that their defense will be able to stop you guys at all. I don't. Yeah, the biggest I test is going to be we're going to see we're going to know more about the OU defense. Yeah, and so week. I wrote down that uh, OU needs to be sound in the back end. Specifically, uh, this is uh, Billy Bowman, Reggie Pearson, Harrington, McCullough. Those dudes are going to have to make sure we do not have receivers running wide open. If if SMU is going to stay in the game, it will be with busted plays, which can happen. This is an, a much better offensive team, a much more talented quarterback. Um, even after I did my preview, I was listening to Teddy Lehman on the ref. And he was he was bragging about their center and their guard. I I don't even know their names, but to hear somebody brag about their center and a guard must mean they're pretty good, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so that that fed into my second line though, which I had written before, which we're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and you told me after last game you didn't think that they did a great job not. of getting to the quarterback against Arkansas State. Now they were getting the ball out quick, right? But yeah. again, you'll know more. You'll know more about this OU pass rush this weekend because it's a test. And these guys are going to be hard to cover because they've got multiple guys that can get open. I want to see like it's just one guy. I want to see pressure from Bothroyd or Mason Thomas. And I'd like to see some more out of Barre in the game. And let's see if we can't get to the quarterback and make things disruptive and create some havoc to allow those guys I just talked about in the secondary um, to make their plays on a free ball. But as far as this game, and what I anticipate, I think Oklahoma wins. Um, let me confirm. The, the spread's actually changed. Uh, it went up a half a point. Oklahoma is now a 16-point favorite. Um, I think OU wins and OU covers. Um, I just I think they're going to score more. I think they're going to score more than two uh, more than a two. Yeah, differential. no, I I completely agree. I think SMU will put up some points, right? I'm not saying they're going to score right on you guys, but I, you know, 20, 20, you know, twenty even twenty four points. But again, I think you guys will score forty two, forty five. Well, even if they were to score thirty, we could score forty seven. Exactly, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how much they score. It's kind of like some of those. Teams with Lincoln Riley when uh, Mike Stoops was still around. You know, teams would get up and score 30 against OU, but it didn't matter because OU was scoring 60. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I just don't see any kind of way that they can slow your offense down. Or maybe they have some kind of crazy plan. Maybe they think they can throw out some coverages that'll confuse 
Dylan Gabriel. But man, I I just don't see it, man. I, I, I I'm having a hard time seeing it. And um, we get Gavin Sawchuk back. Uh, our Mason Thomas is back on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I haven't heard definitively if Stoops and or McCullough will play. Uh, I think McCullough is more important in this game than Stoops might be, but I really want to see both of them in the game. But that's my pick. I mean, I just – this is a much better test. Um, This, to me, is the litmus test you need at at this point in the season to say, are we okay? Like, we don't – we're not going to determine if we're great. No one – we're not going to be able to tell for the 85 Bears, but we might be able to say we look better than we did last year. Correct. You still want to see a lot of busts, a lot of breakdowns. And what I'm curious to see from the OU offense is can you guys run the ball consistently, right? Can you just run, keep running at them, keep running at them, and keep running at them and just kind of wear them down? Well, with Gavin Sawchuk back, if he enters into the rotation, I think that answer is yes. I, I loved what I saw from that kid last year, and I I wanted to see him in the first game, I guess, whether he was hurt or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm sure he – I think he was banged up. And, again, it, it's good to do that than to force a kid out there in a game that you're going to win by 70 points anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right, Kevin. That's it for OU SMU. Bring on Bama. Yeah, man. I, I'm really excited about this game. We've been talking about this one for a while. Uh, trip to Tuscaloosa. You talk about a difficult place to play, right? Nick Saban's been the head coach at Alabama since, what, 2007. Right. And since that's happened, I believe he has lost four games at home. The entire time he's been there. I don't know if anybody ever has had a home record like that. Four losses at home the entire time he's been the coach. That is an incredible statistic. Now, is any of that? I would say that that could be skewed because Nebraska plays a lot of those. Um, neutral site opening kickoff games you know where they'll go to Jerry's World and play or they'll go somewhere in, in um, Florida and play or whatever the case may be however they don't lose a lot of those games either no so, they don't I don't think they've lost any have they lost any of those they played good team. they played Michigan they played USC okay Clemson so I heard so so earlier today, I heard uh, Joe Burrow beat him at home. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Johnny. Uh-huh, Johnny Manziel, yeah. Johnny Manziel. Um, uh, Cam, your boy, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And then who's the other quarterback? Do we know? I, I know. I think they might have lost to Louisiana Monroe in his first season. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. But I think those are the only three, right, that matter. Yeah, correct. Okay, so let's just jump right into this. I mean, let's let's ask the question that that that, that the entire podcast wants to know the answer to. Is is Quinn Ewers one of these dudes? Because those three guys yeah. like them, love them, hate them. It doesn't matter. Dudes. Those are college football dudes. Le- legends. Legends. Under, under any description, Heisman Trophy winners, uh, two national champions, one just crazy talented little, you know what, out of Texas, right? I mean, these 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 guys are dudes. 
They walked in. These could have been. It is possible that these are the only three quarterbacks that ever walked in with into Tuscaloosa saying, "Oh no, I got this." Yeah, and believed no it and believed it. Believed it, right? You know, it's interesting because with with Johnny and I'm not taking anything away. That was an incredible performance that A and M put on that day. But it was when they were just new to the SEC, and at that time the SEC had not seen the air raid offense like that. You know, with four wide receivers completely spread out and with the quarterback that was mobile, the tempo, nobody in the SEC was doing that at that time. And it, it completely changed the way the conference worked and it changed Nick Saban's way of thinking. That's why he knew he had to change his offense. And it was a result of that game. Cliff Kingsbury calling the plays for um, for Kevin Sumlin and Johnny Mantell, and they just unleashed him. And again, they had it also changed the way Alabama recruited because if you remember, they had a bunch of big dudes. They had 260-pound linebackers out there, and they couldn't cover those slot receivers in space, and they couldn't spy Manziel. He was just too quick for them. Yeah. So it, it changed the way that Alabama, that, that Saban recruits and everything. So it completely yeah. changed the SEC. Often forgotten in that game is the fact that, that Bama was coming back in that game. They were, yeah. Bama was yeah. coming back in that game. Bama had kind of figured it out. They kind of started to, you know – Put the put the clamps down on Johnny a little bit, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, but Joe Burrow was just—they were just better. Yeah, that was a great game. The two great quarterbacks, right? Tua, who was hobbled, right? But he was great. The think about Alabama, just really the talent in general on the field that day. Look at the wide receiver talent for both teams, right? Alabama had four first round wide receivers, four first round. Picks at wide receiver. They had uh, Devontae uh, Smith. They had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and um, uh, Jalen Waddle for first round. And LSU had three first rounders? They had uh, Jamar Chase, and they had um, Justin Jefferson, and then they had Terrace Marshall, who was a second round pick. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And they had uh, Clive Edwards Hilaire at running back, who was also a first round pick. So incredible oh. skill talent. But man, Joe Burrow, they just like, man, you're not going to stop us the entire game. No matter what you do, you guys will not stop us. Okay. Okay. So we've, you've delayed a little bit, and I appreciate that. You're building up to this. Is Quinn yours one of these dudes? Oh, at this point, no. So no. if he's not, what are your chances of winning? There's a chance. I mean, I don't think the chances are great, right? There's a lot going against Texas in this game, right? More importantly, the most importantly for me is the offensive line, right? They will need a huge, a drastic improvement from what we saw against Rice for them to have a chance, right? Because not only did they not run block well, they didn't protect well. uh, Rice did some things from a uh, pressure standpoint. They had these kind of delayed rushers and it confused the offensive line. There were multiple confusions. And that's why I'm not as down on Quinn's performance as I was when the game actually happened. Again, he wasn't great, and he missed some throws. He just does. I don't know if he's a good deep ball thrower. I've seen no evidence of him being a good deep ball thrower other than that deep pass he hit against Alabama last year. Yeah. Right? But he was under duress a lot. He got hit, I think, six times, and that should not happen against Rice. 
I, I know, and that's I guess is my that's my concern, right? For for, for Texas fan and 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 Quinn Ewers is okay. Let's let's explain some of Quinn away, right? It, this is this is why nineteen of thirty happened. He people in his face throwing off balance, avoiding the rush, you know, whatever the case may be. They your your fans, and you haven't heard your coaches say this, so I'm going to keep this at the fan level. Your fans say that. As if to make the argument that Bama's not going to be bigger, faster, and stronger along the defensive line and make those windows and those um, uh, time lapses even shorter and smaller. You know what oh, I mean? Correct. Like, yeah. It's only going to get harder, not easier. Just, yeah, I'm saying. Just and that's what I'm saying. So what does that mean Quinn's going to look like against Alabama? Like, I know that problem's the offensive line, but, it's good, but it, it matters what it's going to make Quinn look like. And that's, I think, your biggest concern, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the disappointing thing, the frustrating thing about that is I think we match up well with them otherwise, right? I feel like our receivers can get open against their secondary. They've got talented dudes in their secondary. But, yeah, but I one, think of them's, one of them is a true freshman. One of their best ones, yeah, Caleb Downs. Yeah, Caleb Downs, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, a true freshman against Xavier Worthy, Whittington. Uh, and JT Sanders. JT Sanders, yeah. Mitchell. I mean, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so uh, so I, 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 I would take. I, I take my chances with your receivers. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I love the matchup. What I want to see, I'm so curious to see what Sark's opening script is. Right, we saw it last year against Alabama. They were they were going right down the field on the first couple of drives. Right, so I'm curious how he calls the game because the thing about Sark is he loves the deep shot. He loves it. It's part of his offense, and he can't not call them. Right, even though. We it's have seen name. no. It's in his nature. It's in his Correct. nature. Yeah. Yes. He, and even though Quinn is better, he's shown that he's better at the RPOs. He's better at short, quick, and intermediate throws. Going to the sideline, he can hit. He can make those kind of throws. We talked about like how Spencer Rattler can make those, you know, from one hash to the other throws right on the dime. Quinn can do that all day long, but for some reason he struggles with the deep ball. That's a big part of Sark's offense. So I don't know. I want to see the kind of game plan that Sark has for Alabama because I think we can have success against that defense. I truly do. When you talk about the script, okay, and I I, I don't know why I should have to say this on the Boomer Beeple podcast. I should be able to be as mean about Texas as I want. But I also kind of want to say this. It's better for Oklahoma if Texas wins this game. I'm going, I'm going to get a lot of crap from OU fan on that, but it's better. And the reason it's better is because Oklahoma's schedule, strength of schedule sucks. It's terrible. It is so, so bad that Oklahoma can't afford a mess up. So we need every team we play to be at their toughest and best so that our strength of schedule somehow improves even marginally, right? So to play an undefeated Texas in the Cotton Bowl, on October 7th is going to look a hell of a lot better than a loss to Alabama. It just will. However, so I'm just, I'm saying who I want to win or maybe who I don't want. What's, to win. what's better for OU? What's You're better, saying for better for OU? Yeah. Um, however, when I hear you talk about the script and, and I'm and you're, you're always high on the script and he's, he's had some very good scripts. And I know exactly what you're talking about. However, he was able to build that script last year, okay? With the knowledge 
that Alabama said to themselves, anybody but number five beats us. Anybody but number five beats us. So we're going to line up heavy in the box all day long. Because the only player on this team that can really truly beat us is number five. What does that allow Sark to then do? Is to drop a script that says we are attack, 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 attack. They're going to load up in the box. We're going to attack, 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 attack. You don't have number five this year. We don't have number you five. You don't have number five. And he ain't walking through that door. He ain't walking through that door. That's right. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, you've got some good running backs. I'm not knocking your running backs there. They, they could end up being very, very good. That's not the issue. But they're not number five, and they're not number five at the point he was last year, at the height of his powers, and at, the, at, the, at, at what a defensive coordinator was going to prepare for, right? None of those running backs are going to sway how a defensive coordinator prepares for you guys. So yeah. can – I guess my question in all of that observation is, can Sark make that adjustment to his nature – and say to himself, they're probably going to try to protect against these three and a half, four outstanding receivers I have. I need to run the ball down their damn throat. Yeah. Can he make that adjustment? Because if he does, Kevin, I think you got a chance. Okay. He can do that. Sark likes, Sark likes to run the football. Will Here's he, the thing. Will he? Just, Two things with that. Okay. Will he? Because he can be stubborn. We know how these coaches are. We know how Sark is in particular. Hey, we know how all coaches are. Levy's the same way. Lincoln Riley's the same. That's coaches, man. I'm telling you. They outsmart themselves so many times. But the the question I have more than that is, will he? Can they? Can the offensive line? They couldn't run block, at least on the interior. They couldn't run inside zone against Rice. They, you know what I mean? They could not open mm-hmm. holes against Rice. How are they going to do it against Alabama? Now, can they scheme some things? Last year, they really they schemed some things against Alabama. They had a diving backfield setup. They were able to run a lot of misdirections, got the linebackers running in different directions that created space for the running backs and the short, quick passing game. I think they're going to do a lot of that. I like the running back, C.J. Baxter. He's a f- true freshman. He had that big carry, then he got injured and didn't play for the rest of the game. I heard he's at practice. He's supposed to play. I think he can have a big impact. I know he's a true freshman, but he is a running back. Just give him the ball and let him run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I just uh, – listen, when you talk about matchups, I think your defense is a good matchup for Alabama. I mean, for you guys. Like, it's a good matchup going up against Alabama. Your front three, we talked about them last week, Sweat, whoever else. Um, yeah, Sweat, Collins. And those, um, Murphy, Burke, good. Ethan Burke. I, I like the athleticism as your line of your linebackers. Uh, your safeties are, are, you know, your secondaries in tough, hard hitting, pretty good shape. Um, you, you, this is this quarterback's first big game. Uh, uh, Milro, this is his yeah, Jalen Milro. This is his first big game. I, yeah, the, the kid's going to be a stud. He's the Alabama quarterback. That, you know, I'm curious to see though. Well, Ryan you know Lewis. what I mean, though. He's not yeah, a joke. Yeah. yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm curious to see because this kid, if you don't contain, I, I want to see how disciplined they play on defense because he's one of those kids, if you get upfield, right, oh. he's got breakaway speed. 
I'm not saying he's as fast as Kyler Murray, but he can he'll take it to the house. He can go 70 yards. Sure. On a defense, right? So I think that's going to be the biggest test for this Texas defense is they just have to be play well, within they, the structure of the defense. Will will Sark put a spy on? I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have multiple spies at different times. Just because you know, you know, I don't want them to use one spy the entire game, but I think they'll have they'll have to put a spy on him. He's too athletic. And our defensive linemen, man, our ends, they can't get too far upfield because if you lose containment, that's when he's at his best, when he's outside of the pocket, both as a passer and then of course as a runner. But you would right. agree that you would agree that your athletes on the defensive line and at linebacker are as good as you've had at Texas in ten years. I'm very, yeah, absolutely. And that's in, I, 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 I mean, we'll we'll see if Overshone's going to be a loss or not. But maybe maybe Overshone. But other than that, like you got dudes, and you can say that for the first time consistently across your front seven. I think you line up with Alabama really well. I don't think there's a physical de- a physical. You're I don't think you're at a physical deficit. On that side of the ball, to an yeah. and that's saying a lot to Alabama, right? I mean, those guys, Correct. it's Alabama. Yeah, they're still the most talented team in the country. Sure, top to bottom. Um, but so when I, anybody who's new to the uh, Boomer Bevo podcast, get ready for the most said thing by John Whitson all the time: play defense and run the damn ball. I think if y'all can play defense and run the ball. And set up your play action, set up your RPO with real run plays. You have a chance to compete with Alabama. I'm not sure you beat them in Tuscaloosa, but you have a chance to compete. If Sark, if it's if it's Sark, if it's bad Sark coaching bad Quinn, and they want to try to throw it 40 times, 50 times, I don't think that's a recipe for success against Alabama on the road. Neither do I, because they still have Dallas Turner. Remember, he's not, he's the one to knock Quinn out of the game last year. He's a dynamic rusher, right? Yep. And, so, and they just got dudes. I'm curious. The ma- the matchup I really want to see is a Texas D line against the Alabama O line. Their yep. their offensive line averages. I think they average six five three forty across the line. It's unreal how big these dudes are. Right, but Texas has a really big and physical D line too. So I'm curious to see the matchup there. I know it was Middle Tennessee, but they did not dominate physically in the running game like you would expect an offensive line with that size to do. So I'm curious to see how Texas can defend their run game. I'm curious to see how Texas lines up against their wide receivers. Now, they don't have, we talked about those four first round guys that they had a few years ago. They don't have anybody like that, but they do have talent and they do have speed out there. So I want to see how Texas covers those guys up. Can they get consistent pressure on Milrow and can they do so without losing contain? Because I think the Texas defense matches up well against Milrow pretty well. Pretty well. If if Texas give me three things, three answers, just quick ones. If Texas wins on Saturday night, they did these three things well. Okay, well, they played excellent defense. And I'm talking like forcing at least two turnovers. Okay. Make a big special teams play, like blocking a punt. Okay. And then connect on at least two deep shots. Connect and convert, right? Correct. Yeah.
See, I, I, I would just challenge you to say I like number one and number two, but on number three, I would say have uh, a running back go for plus one fifty. Well, okay, one fifty. Well, you know, yeah. but but I said, yeah, you know, the, the old one hundred isn't, you know, it's like oh, okay, yeah, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, yeah, no, go for plus one fifty. Like you, you were, you were committed, you were committed to the running back to the run game, and you took the ball out. You, you shortened the game for them to have it. You kept your defense off the field to be able to get rested to go up against these big dudes, and uh, I just I, so I I don't know that I disagree that that very well could happen. What you said, I would just anticipate it being the other way. Um, I will pick first since it's not my team, and I will say let me write it down on my list that uh, Bama covers. I just I I don't trust I don't trust Quinn and Sark right now. I, they haven't shown me enough to go. These guys are willing to modify the game plan in order to win. Yeah, and it's interesting that that's the biggest question, right? And we talked about this going into the season. I, I felt good about the defense, all three layers. Feel really good about the receivers. Feel good about the tight end, obviously. Feel pretty good about the offensive line, although after this week one, I don't feel as good about them as I did. The biggest questions going into the season were Sark. And Quinn. So until they answer those questions, I cannot pick them to win on the road in Tuscaloosa. Okay. However, I'm going to pick them to cover. Wow. Wow. I think they keep it close. What's it, what is the spread? Just, just so our listeners know. Seven and a half. Yeah. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I don't. Now, listen, I only see what Texas fan thinks and Oklahoma fan thinks. I haven't been on a lot of national news outlets. Um, I haven't done any, I haven't done college football live yet in a, in a couple of days. What is nationally the, the projection of this game? Are they anticipating you know a big game win? Or? I always, I think before this season, I think a lot of people were picking Texas to win the game outright. Right. But I think after that week one performance from the offensive line, and from Quinn, people are kind of taking a step back. And I think a lot of those people said, ah, we think Alabama wins, even though we still aren't sure what this Alabama team is. And even though Texas may match up with them well in a lot of spots, we don't know if we trust them to go on the road and win there. So it's kind of what kind of what the same thing we're saying. I prefer Alabama loses so that Oklahoma can play Texas in the Cotton Bowl and Texas is undefeated. Might not be what everybody wants from the host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast dedicated to this great rivalry, but I want to see Texas and Oklahoma elevated and for that game to be as elevated and as hyped as it possibly can be, especially in the last year of going into the Big 12. So... I, I can't say I'm rooting for Texas, but I am rooting for Bama to lose. Plus, come on, dude. Anytime Bama loses, it's good for football right now, right? I mean, yeah, it just yeah. is. Stop it. It would, it would be epic, man. It would be the and, biggest win that they've had. At least the biggest road win they've had since they went to Columbus in 2005 when Vince Young was there. And I don't know that Texas has ever do karmic justice. But in a world where you, maybe you are due karmic, karmic justice, you should get it after the way they screwed you in the calls from last year's game. Like those were really bad. Yeah. 
Those it was were, frustrating. Yeah. Uh, your Texas feeds just keep showing the safety play over and over again. I don't know how y'all ever <laughs> unsee it. I don't know how you ever unsee that, dude. Yeah. I don't know how you ever unsee it. I remember it, it was called targeting. The safety was <laughs> never never addressed. They called targeting on Texas. Then they reviewed it. They think, oh, there's no targeting. I'm like, okay, what about the safety? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> weird, oh. man. It's weird. All right, dude. Uh, Primetime game, game of the week, game of the year so far. Um, I hope it lives up to the billing. Um, the only game that's really lived up to the billing was that um, TCU Colorado game, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Florida, yeah. Florida State just smacked them down. And in the second half, I mean, they just beat them down in the second half. We haven't talked Clemson, but concerned? Yes. Yeah, I'm not panicking, but the, yes, absolutely. Dabble's got to evolve, man. He can't be like, I don't like the transfer portal. I don't like NIL. Man, look, either you step up or step off, right? Because okay. I am seeing some 2010 Texas. I'm getting 2010 Texas vibes, man. Um, I, I would have never guessed that Garrett, Garrett Riley would roll out seven points in his first game. Um, and, and think about this. If you watch the game, uh, those seven points came on a muffed punt. Mm-hmm. And Dude. then and then Duke had another fumble as they were going in to score. So Duke kept them in the game in the first half. Like, I was yeah. thinking to myself, man, Clemson's going to win this stupid game because Duke keeps messing. No, that's how bad Clemson was, is, they, is Duke was able to overcome two really bad turnovers in the first half. And my other thing about Clemson, man, where are the dudes at on offense? They're not. Where there. are the dudes at? I don't see uh, DeAndre Hopkins out there. I don't see, see T. Higgins. ETN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't see uh, who are the other guys they've had. They've had so many guys. Sammy uh, the, Watkins. Uh, the little white guy that caught the national championship. Yeah. Hunter Renf- yeah. I don't see. I don't see that. Um, and then juxtapose that against uh, what Ugalele did at Oregon State. Well, you, you those know I defended him. Those were his best numbers. Dude, those were his best numbers as a college quarterback I at Oregon him. State. I defended him last year. I hated Clemson's scheme. I have never liked Clemson's offensive scheme, even when they were winning national championships. They were winning because of the unreal talent they had at quarterback. Who has Deshaun Watson and follows them up with freaking Trevor Lawrence? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. You know, like you just don't see that. Um, only OU has had that kind of quarterback run. Yeah, no, it's really impressive. But at the same time, if Garrett Riley can't put more than seven points on the board against Duke, and they were at home too, right? Were they at home? No, it was on the road. It was at Duke. Okay, it doesn't matter. I don't care. If Clemson can't put up seven points against Duke, I'm going to just make an assumption it's not scheme. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's got to be players. It's got to be talent. It's got to be execution. Yeah. But it's not yeah. the scheme. The scheme puts points up. We, I mean, we saw TCU last year. We've seen TCU. We've seen Oklahoma. We've seen USC. We see. We saw Eastern Carolina. Like, this, mm-hmm. the scheme puts points up. It might not make you the most physical team in the world and Correct. blah, blah, blah. But it puts points up. It puts more mm-hmm. than seven up against Duke. For sure. And, and then to go see Ugalele, who just got skewered for two or three years – as being one of the biggest busts in college football. And then he goes out and balls out at Oregon State. I don't know who they played, but my point is those were better numbers than he ever had at Clemson against whoever Clemson played. Yeah. So it was yeah. So yes, so your assessment is failure to embrace the uh transfer portal and to truly buy into NIL. Correct. 
and wow. their recruiting has not been as dominant as it was seven, eight years ago. Is is Dabo done as a contending head coach? It can be to be determined. You don't have to make a call. We don't. We don't. Yeah, need I'm not sure, that. man. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it's not looking good, man. They they got to fix some things because you, as quickly as you build it up, it, it can be torn down. I mean, as a Texas fan, trust me, they completely fell off a cliff in 2010. They went from fifth, from 14 and one, competing for a national championship, to five and seven the very next season. It can crumble, and they can crumble quickly. Well, it's been a down crumble anyway, right? I mean. They were 10 last, last year, but they didn't pass the eyeball test. It just didn't no. look no. Didn't look right. All right, man. Uh Oklahoma uh litmus test game against SMU. Bama, there's no litmus test game there. This is just football. This is this is good on good. Uh, SEC football, second week of the season, ranked team, game day, you name it. It's gonna be there. Um, I'm excited for you, man. Um yeah, it's gonna be a great college football atmosphere, man. I'm yeah, dude, let's have a great let's have a great weekend. Boomer, let's do it, man. Hook him.